Welcome to the JB Font Show. My name is James Fontleroy, also known as JB Font, and I am your host. And I would just like to welcome all of you today for the show. Uh, today is November 30th, 2021. Third, no, Tuesday, I'm sorry. <laughs> Got my days mixed up a little bit here. I uh, just wanted to welcome everybody, uh, those of you that are watching today. Um, I will be covering the issues about uh, the case regarding Ahmad Aubrey, as well as uh, the case about China. And I would just like to welcome you all, to, you know, and thank you for watching. Um, and so uh, one of the things that uh, I wanted to touch on uh, as far as uh, Ahmad Aubrey um, we can kind of mull over the case a little bit. So Ahmad Aubrey was a gentleman that was um, in Georgia. He was uh, basically jogging in a neighborhood and stopped to look at a construction site, looking around at homes. And uh, two men became suspicious. Um, and the two men that were suspicious were, uh, I know the son's name is Travis McMichael um, and Greg McMichael. Um, and so Travis and Greg McMichael uh, and their neighbor was uh, William Roddy Bryan. And so they were suspicious of a black man um, running through their neighborhood and so they felt like he was doing something wrong black guy looking around construction sites um, that you know that of houses that were being built looking through a window and how many of us have done that um, and so they confronted him and Travis McMichael was the one who shot him. They actually took their truck and they raced towards him, uh, I guess, to make a quote-unquote citizen's arrest. Um, and uh, the crazy part about it is they wouldn't have been arrested or convicted if there wasn't public outrage because the neighbor uh, recorded everything on camera on his phone and that got leaked how it got leaked and how somebody got access to it I don't know but once everybody saw it they said yeah these two men need to be arrested at least and so because of it because of that tape and the public outcry, they were arrested. I think it was a few months, two or three months after it happened that it was leaked. And so if they hadn't, if the public hadn't gotten wind of it and there wasn't public outrage, the three men that were involved in the murder of Ahmad Aubrey 
but still be walking on the streets today. Um, the case came to a close last week, the trial. And as it appears, the two gentlemen were convicted. Oh, good morning, Robin. Good to see you. Or, yeah, afternoon. <laughs> yeah, I, I just got caught in that too. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, so as far as the case, is, the case goes, uh, I'm going to show you. And this is from the Associated, the Associated Press. So it talks about the three men charged in Ahmaud Arbery's death, convicted of murder. Uh, this was last week. Um, so you see Travis and his uh, father, Big Michael. Um, and then you see William Bryan. That's in the middle. I'm sorry, William Ryan. That's in the middle. And so... Um, this was an article, this was by reporter Russ Bynum. And it begins by saying the three men were convicted of murder Wednesday in the killing of Ahmaud Aubrey, the black man who was running empty handed through a Georgia subdivision when white strangers chased him, trapped him on a quiet street and blasted him with a shotgun. The February 2020 slaying drew limited attention at first, but when video of the shooting leaked online, Arby's death quickly became another example in the nation's reckoning of racial injustice in the way black people are treated in their everyday lives. Now the men are facing a mandatory sentence, sentence of life in prison. The judge will decide whether their sentences are served with or without possibility of parole. As the first of 23 guilty verdicts were read, Arby's father had to leave the courtroom after leaping up and shouting. At the reading of the last criminal count, Aubrey's mother dropped to her head and quietly pumped her fists. Uh, I'm just going to continue because this is this is a powerful point by his mother. Um, Marcus Aubrey Sr. Um, said he didn't do nothing but run and dream. Outside the courthouse, dozens of black supporters hugged and cried. The judge deliberated for about 10 hours. I'm sorry, the jury deliberated for about 10 hours before convicting Greg McMichael, his son Travis McMichael, and the neighbor William Roddy Bryan. The McMichaels grabbed guns and jumped in a pickup truck to pursue the 25-year-old Aubrey after seeing him running outside the Georgia port city of Brunswick. Brian joined in pursuit in his own pickup and recorded the cell phone video of Travis McMichael fatally shooting Aubrey. So they said they suspected Travis, I'm sorry, they suspected Amon Aubrey of being a burglar. You know. Um, and my thing is. when the one of the prosecutors and I saw this live on TV was 
giving her, uh, I guess, the final thoughts, the closing, ar I'm sorry, closing arguments of the case, she blamed Ahmad Aubrey for his death. If I go into a neighborhood right now, and if I start peeking through, right, the houses, just to see inside, maybe it has a for sale sign or a for rent sign, and the neighbors suspect me of being a burglar. Number one, you know, running away <laughs> is not an admission of guilt. In fact, he was probably just jogging. Who knows? Um, he had nothing in his hands. You know, the probably only thing he probably had on him was phone and his wallet. So to say that it was his own fault for just looking around at houses, there's nothing illegal about that. And so for them to pursue and shoot him dead, it was more like a how dare you come into our neighborhood and look around as if you want to live here. It's kind of what it felt like. Kind of what it feels like. If I was a neighbor, the first thing I would have been like, oh, yo, what's up? Uh, neighbors aren't home. Or there's nobody lives there. He'd probably been like, oh, no, nah, man, I was just, you know, looking to see a buy a house. Um, just looking to see what it looks like and on the inside, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, okay. And if I know the realtor, then maybe I can give him the number of the realtor. People don't give people the benefit of a doubt anymore. And the benefit of the doubt is even less among those of us of color, especially black and brown people. It's sad. It happened to me before where people looked at me suspicious because I looked at him a couple times. I looked, I looked at a police officer a couple times. Dude looked like Vin Diesel, <laughs> okay? And he decided to stop me and run my ID because I looked at him a couple times. I was in my work clothes, button-up shirt, tie, khakis. All because I was looking at him a little bit. That's not against the law. It's not a violation of anybody's privacy. Anything like that. And I got stopped. And what if I had a record? What if I had a record? I might have been taken away. I might have lost my job. People are not willing to give people the benefit of the doubt, 
in that that level of willingness to give people of a, the benefit of a doubt drops dramatically for people who look like me. If only they did that with Ahmaud Aubrey. First of all, they were not the law. I don't care if the father was a retired police officer, he was a civilian. He had no right to just stop him like that. If he wanted to, he could have just called. If he if he felt so inclined, he probably just call up a police. He probably Ahmad Aubrey probably still would have died anyway, though, because they probably would have found him and chased him down and gunned him. You know what the sad part about it is? Is the fact that I can guess what happens. I, I left a poll in the chat and um, the poll I asked was do you think that both McMichaels and Brian will serve their full sentences and if I'm correct I think 100% of you said no kind of sad that we already know the outcomes of a lot of things in this nation without it actually happening. Um, without it actually. 86% said no. 14% said yes of you who said that. War Deer. Robert Durden, my people. <laughs> Good to see my comrades from the Indie News Network. Good to see you guys. Nice to have you. Um, be sure to uh, go to uh, Robin's uh, Coffee and donate to her coffee. Be sure to give Wardeer and Robert Durden a sub because they are amazing and they are part of the any news network and um, they are uh, all of them are brilliant people and where pilgrim just entered the chat <laughs> good to see you too so yeah uh, as far as uh, the case of Ahmad Aubrey I am it, it, this is going to sound weird, but even though they were convicted guilty, I feel kind of numb to the whole thing. It's just like, okay. It's like, um, how can I put it? It's like having been stabbed a hundred times and then somebody patches up one of the stab wounds. It's like I have a hundred stab wounds all over my body, you only patch up one or two. That's what it feels like. And the problem is, is that 
that was one slight respite of justice not respite of justice it was one slight bit of justice a sliver of justice an entire scope of injustice that we have been seeing within the criminal justice system is a pro-capitalist white supremacist institution that puts us into a place where true justice is denied often and relative justice is given seldomly. And because of that, many of us, especially a lot of us older people, those of us who are, who especially have lived during the civil rights era, are now extremely pessimistic of anything happening, anything at all. And so for a lot of us, it gets to the point where we're just tired. And now I feel that that pessimism, that skepticism falling upon me as you as, as we speak. It's like people are like, well, JB, things have gotten better. And it's like, yeah, well, <laughs> socially a little bit. Yeah. Systemically, nah, has not gotten better at all. And so people will talk about, oh, well, you see more representation in film and in music. They'll say you're more representation in, in, in how, you know, if somebody's, you know, is, is racist online, then they get canceled and blah, blah, blah. And it's like social issues. It's not the system. When you fix the system, everything else will fall into place. The problem is, is that all this is surface level. And people need to realize that the surface level BS doesn't cut it. Stop taking a broke down car and giving it a body job and then trying to sell it back to us. Stop it. Because you know we're gonna lift up the hood and we're gonna look at the engine and the transmission. We're gonna look at the drivetrain. We're gonna look at the exhaust. We're gonna look at the electrical systems. We're gonna look at it all. And then we see it's a pile of shit. And so you expect us to go, but it still has a nice paint job. Yeah, the paint job is nice, but it's not going to run. Painting Black Lives Matter on a street and kneeling in kente cloth does not does not commune the sentences of largely black and brown people that are sitting on death row for crimes that they didn't commit. Kneeling on kente cloth and painting Black Lives Matter on a street does not stop the police from shooting people who look like me in the back 
for just running unarmed. Or for just exercising our our rights. So this is one of the reasons why I'm kind of just exhausted, burnt out. I haven't hit 40 yet, and I'm already getting burnt out just from all this. I can't even watch, like if somebody puts a video about police brutality, I keep scrolling. I can't watch. I'm done. I'm tired. I'm an emotional guy. I'm a sensitive guy. I'm going to be first to say it. And to see this continuing, it breaks my heart. I remember a couple years ago, I think it was a couple years ago, there was a video that came out of a bombing, I think it was in Yemen. I think it was in Yemen. And they showed this little four or five year old boy sitting in an ambulance covered in dust from all of the falling debris. And he also had blood on his head. And you saw nothing but just dead in his eyes. And he was just sitting there. And that broke me, man. That broke me. So imagine, just imagine what somebody like me feels like every single time I see one of those police brutality videos. I'm not saying not to share them because it is important that we have awareness. But at the same time, there's getting to a point where I think a lot of us are now starting to become desensitized to it. You see it enough times, you become desensitized to it. And then you start to get to a point where you start to look at it like, eh, okay. And the sense of outrage seems to go down. We just want it to stop. And the one thing that irks me the most is that we largely do not want these same things to happen to anybody else. But sometimes the only way that people actually see what we mean is if it does happen to them, which is the one thing we don't want to happen. Because if it does happen to them, it's still painful to us too. Because we don't want another life to be lost. Now I'm seeing it happen to a lot of poor white people. Why? Well, capitalism. 
They treated the hood like a zoo. The police were the zookeepers. Right? Now, look at what they're starting to do to poor white neighborhoods. They're going to start treating you guys like that too. Why? Because that means that we got to keep more people down in order to have more profit and riches for us. Class solidarity would be one of the only things that will truly push things forward. And at least try to change things to something somewhat bearable. I'm going to go to the chat. Micah says, because prison will do nothing to help heal. I'm a fan of restorative justice. What about the prison system in modern times actually helps people reform? Some people do get reform, but there is a larger recidivance rate when it comes to the prison industrial complex because they want you to come back. They don't want you to be truly reformed. And they'll take out a lot of the tools that people use to reform themselves. They'll take that out too. So, the system needs to be changed even in how we try to help people to reform. Even that needs to be changed. Um, and I'm going to set a line in the sand right now. As far as sentencing goes, even though Bryant and the McMichaels have committed a heinous crime. They should not get death penalty. Death penalty. I don't believe in the death penalty. There are too many people. We just try. We just made efforts to save an innocent man from getting killed on death row a couple weeks back. We had to lead. You know, there was a huge campaign. And they're going on all the time for people who are innocent, who are on death row, about to be killed by the state. And they're innocent. I do not think that it is worth risking the lives of innocent people, even if it's a 1% chance. You want to do life in prison? Fine. Do life in prison. But do not kill them. Mm -mm. Nope. And even the way that they that the, a lot of these the lot of the states do death penalties and a way they administer death is just inhumane. So yeah. That's where I stand on that. Robin says, just chilling as I work on some logos and hang with friends. That's good. It's good to see you. 
Um, so, what do I honestly want to see? I want to see a system where it's changed to the point where it breeds a culture of giving people the benefit of a doubt, the doubt. And also it breeds a culture of coming to people to make sure they're okay without presuming ill intent. It's just like, uh, I think it was a student that fell asleep um, in, I think, a lounge or something. At a, I think it was at a college. I can't remember exactly exact detail, details. But they called the police on that person. And... Honestly, what should have happened was, what should have happened was police officer comes over, kind of tells the person, hey, wake up, wake up. Are you okay? Is there anything we can help you out with? Are you, is there something wrong? And the person would be like, oh, no, I just fell asleep, blah, blah, blah. Okay, well, this person was concerned, and we just wanted to make sure everything was okay. Or the person who called the police could have woke awakened them and said, hey, are you okay? It shouldn't have even gotten to that point. So yeah. Basically having empathy for people and seeing the concerns of people and taking them on as your own. And using that empathy instead of always presuming some ill intent by people. So for the next subject, um, switching gears here, I'm going to share my screen here. Now, this is from Yahoo News. Report, China is now the world's richest country. Amazing, right? This is uh, an article by Carl Sampson. This was a little over a week ago. Subheading says, China has beat the US to become the world's richest nation, according to a new report. So, it says, Key findings, global net worth soared from 156 million in 2000 to 514 trillion in 2020. Hold on, wait a minute. Global net worth, global net worth soared. It went from 156 million 21 years ago to 514 trillion, trillion with a T in that amount of time. That is massive. 
amount of wealth that was just gained. Do you guys know how much that it? A billion is a thousand million. That's what a billion is. A trillion, if I'm correct, is a million million? One million times a million. They went from 156 million to 514 trillion dollars. It says making the world wealthier than it was at any point in history. China accounted for nearly a third of the increase. A third of the increase in the wealth of the world. The report from management consultancy firm McKinsey and Company stated, McKinsey analyzed the national balance sheets of 10 countries that represented 60% of the world's income. Of these nations, China accounted for 50% of the growth and net worth, followed by the United States, 22%, and Japan, 11%, respectively. The report found that China's wealth rose from $7 trillion in 2000 to $120 trillion in, the, in 2020. The United States, on the other hand, saw its wealth more than double to $90 trillion in the same period. And it says, while the world is wealthier today, inequality still persists. In both China and the U.S. alone, more than 67% of the wealth is controlled by the richest 10% of households. And they continue to make more. China is a communist country. Really? They still have wealth inequality. I'd argue that China has more social welfare and they are more state capitalist. But other than that, China definitely has its faults. But rest believe that China is nowhere near being socialist yet. It's on its way more than the United States. But it's nowhere near. No. Mm -mm. So that whole red baiting saying that China's a socialist or is a communist country, they have a communist party. And they probably were more heavily communist at the time. But they've been walking away from that. Some elements are trying to go back. But no, they're not. They they picked up a lot of capitalist elements which is bad. The report found that 68% of the world's net worth lies in real estate. The remainder can be found in infrastructure, inventories, machinery and equipment and intangibles such as intellectual property and patents according to Bloomberg. With the rising cost of real estate, China could suffer a financial crisis similar to the 2008 housing bubble burst in US uh, Shenzhen-based property developer Evergreen, Evergrande, I'm sorry, for instance, is already in hot water over debts totaling 300 billion, which reportedly faced its chairman to sell his personal assets. Um, I might as well read this last part. Um, 
it says a collapse of the global assets could wipe out as much as 33% of the world's wealth. To avoid such a scenario, report encourage productive and sustainable investments that control contribute contribute to global gross domestic product to GDP. But yeah. Um China's winning right now as far as the the war, <laughs> so to speak. Uh it's crazy, but yeah. Uh China is uh China's doing what the United States didn't want it to do. China's uh, United States is number, now number two. And the funny thing is that this country has has pushed this notion that we're number one. We always have to be number one. And we always have to be the best. And the funny part is it's like we try to be the best, but always we're always the best in the worst metrics. Infant mortality, infrastructure, uh, you know, wealth wealth inequality. We're always number one in gun deaths. We're always number one in, you know, our military, you know, um, armaments. Uh, we're, we're number one in some of the worst shit possible. And yet, we somehow celebrate it. It's just it's the craziest thing. I mean, this country continuously fails and fails and fails, but we somehow think we're the victor. And now the United States is number two, so now those dudes in Washington. <laughs> They're now about to blow up. They're like, oh, we can't take it. The United States, we got to be number one. Meanwhile, the average empire only lasts 250 years, and the United States empire has been around for 245. The more you know. Um, hey, Robin, good to see you. World Bank headquarters required to be located in a nation with the strongest economy. That's interesting. It's like a bylaw. Numbers in computer data banks based on cooked books. <laughs> uh, Where Pilgrim says, reminds me of when the United States surpassed the European empires in terms of wealth around the turn of the 20th century. Yep. Where Pilgrim also continues, arguably, they've adapted to the situation in order to build themselves up, in order to get a more so, to get a more socialist, and then communist form, and that and that's fine, you know. I mean, I'm a socialist, so hey, yeah, go ahead, great, do it. Maybe I should turn learn Mandarin and move over there. But, um, for right now, they still have billionaires. You know, um, and it's okay to be critical of every single country. 
I am the most critical of the one I live in because I, I live here in the United States. But um, if I'm going to criticize China, I'm going to criticize China for its wealth inequality. It having billionaires. That's what I'm going to criticize China for. The same thing I criticize the United States for. If I see elements of the United States and China doing the same things, I'm going to criticize them. Some of the things I will praise China for is that it is kicking our ass in green infrastructure now. I mean, look at the mass transit. And have you seen a subway in China? Dear God. They're immaculate. They're gorgeous. I've been in the subways in New York. Smell like urine. Maybe if we didn't have homelessness here in the United States, then maybe the subways wouldn't smell like urine. Yeah, basically, into races that we don't want to win. Hey, Andrew, nice to have you in. Welcome to the stream. And Lost Adult, I've never seen you here before, but welcome. Nice to have you. Lost Adult says the problem with this case is the same as the problem with the Wisconsin case. The cops got away with it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. A lot of people get away with stuff. That's sad. Robin says, my economic take is stuff is or it ain't. If cash is how we define access, most the most significant variable is greed. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, greed is one of the biggest issues in capitalism. Is a system that ex- exacerbates greed within people so that they can hoard more wealth, so that they can have the most uh and typically that wealth is to uh, is 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 made by means of exploiting people and then through that exploitation they hoard all the wealth so that they can live a lavish life but also not only to live a live a lavish life but as they sire an heir they also can leave that to their heirs so that they can also live a lavish life. Because, yes, they do love their children. Yeah, they do. But at the same time, they're also willing to put, to exploit for them. So that their children can have a um, overly abundant prosperity. Robert Durden says, China also just eliminated extreme poverty. That is true. That is also something that they deserve credit for. So in terms of, like, in comparison, China is better than the United States in many things, including militarily, because China is not committing a bunch of coups around the world for corporations. But the United States is. So, yeah. So, China does deserve some some credits for some things. Um, but like I said, you know, no nation is perfect. 
and they have their faults. But uh, it's like, oh gosh, it's like when I criticize the United States, it's at the position of like the bottom, right? China's kind of like where the bottom is like position number 100. China's like position like number 45. You see what I mean? Like it still needs some criticism, but it's not as bad as the United States as far as human rights and and uh, the things that it does on the world stage. It's just not as bad as the United States. So I, 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 I hope that I gave a bit of my my reasoning there and, and it makes sense though <laughs> Wardier said look pal that urine smell ain't cheap <laughs> oh my goodness you know what Wardier I'm telling you comments like that may piss some people off <laughs> I made a funny Robin this is interesting. She said, did you see the article in Venezuela's free housing? They've built 32 million homes. What? Well, smack my face and, tell, and call me delicious. My goodness. 32 million homes? Free housing? Man... Venezuela is doing the damn thing. Actually, Robin, if you if you can share that article on the chat so we can get access to that article as well, I'd like to take a look at that. Lost Adult says, in Kenosha, Wisconsin, the cops got away with encouraging armed people to show up and releasing the mentally ill into a protest, a time-tested way of destroying movements. <sighs> Every single time a movement to progress is made, the powers that be use their flying monkeys, aka police, to cause discord so that things don't change and there is division and I'll leave that there Lost Adult continues in Aubrey they got away with trying to cover up a lynching because the jury wound up seeing it for what it was yeah and here's the funny part the there was only one black person among the jury the entire rest of the jury was white And yet, they still saw it for what it was. Thankfully, they did. And so... I will say this. The murderers of Ahmaud Aubrey, if they were still police officers, if they were actually police officers, they would have gotten off. They would have definitely gotten off. But because one was a former police officer... And the other two were just citizens. It was easier to just let them fall on the sword, so to speak, so that they can be like, "Okay, we 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 gave you guys some justice. Now, 
shut the fuck up. That's basically what it what it felt like. Um, I am in rare form today. Um, it's part for Chavez plan. Oh, okay. Wasn't that uh yeah Hugo uh Hugo Chavez? Um, yeah, he was deeply against, especially the Bush administration. Um. Which <laughs> he was definitely right on that because Bush was horrible. Bush was worse than Trump. People don't want to admit that though. Don't get me wrong, Trump is horrible too, and Biden and Obama. But Bush was the worst. Out out of the last twenty years, Bush was the worst. People just don't want to admit it. But yeah, Bush was one of the worst. Um Oh, Robin says it was 3.2 million. But even still, 3.2 million homes? Ms. Robin, that is damn good. That is still amazing. Um, Robin Ryan says, I missed a part of the discussion from earlier, but hoping folks are familiar with the Henry A. Wallace Police Misconduct Database. No, I am not, but also... Was that named after the former vice president during the FDR administration? If it was, then okay, that's cool. I just never heard of it. But thank you for that. I appreciate that. Lost Adults says not all white people are crazy. <laughs> no, there's two types of crazy. There's good crazy and there's bad crazy. The murderers of Maude Aubrey are bad crazy. Okay. People like Robert Durden, they're the good crazy. They're crazy I like. <laughs> Robert's my boy though. <laughs> Love you. Love you, Rob. Cuz I'm I'm I like to think that I'm part of the good kind of crazy. I like to think. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I like to be the good kind of crazy too. So, the people who are who are the because okay. Um Little little side note here. So I had a friend who was he was a bit of a troll, but he was he was the troll with a with a heart of gold. Meaning, if somebody was being a jerk or an asshole, especially to somebody who was disenfranchised or somebody who was weaker or in a more oppressed state, he would troll the oppressor. And he called himself an asshole. And I said, yeah, you're an asshole, but you're an asshole with a heart. And so there are different types of assholes, too. And the the assholes with hearts, those are the people who I like. Because they will troll the shit out of oppressors. And I love them for it. So if you're that type of person, keep up the good work, baby. I love you. Mwah. Forehead kisses. Okay. Uh, let me see. Uh, where Pilgrim says, the way they rehab Bush from warmonger to kind old painter is astounding. They Bob Ross that motherfucker. They really did. 
And I'm just like, what? All it took was for a PMC, professional managerial class, black woman, to hand him some candy and let her let him lay his head on her shoulder. And next thing you know, oh, oh look at him. President warmonger, president war criminal. Oh, and, and the wife of a war criminal. They're just getting along so well. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Really? That That's where we're going? Two million dead Iraqis? And suddenly, we're Bob Rossing. I think I just came up with a term. We're Bob Rossing George W. Bush? Really? Get the fuck out of here. Jeez Louise. Oh, you got to be kidding me. All right. Um... Yes, John Brown is also the good kind of crazy. Thank you so much. See, I told you. Um, I defer to the Seal song from the 80s there. Thanks. Yes, and the thing is that we don't want to be normal. Normal is what the capitalistic system uh, deems, whatever they deem as normal, we don't want to be. We want to be abnormal or we want to be extraordinary, extraordinary. We want to be above that. So, yeah, you're right. Um, and yeah, Robert Durden says, I am king troll for the neolibs. Yeah. And the thing is that we have to get to a point where we uncover the absurdity of of what they are doing, what they are saying, the actions they are taking, so that it helps wake people up and see it for what it really is. Because a lot of people are lulled to sleep. You know, the neoliberals are the jigglypuffs of the modern world. As soon as they start singing a tune, everybody goes to sleep. Y'all didn't think I didn't know about that, did you? I'm old, but I'm not that old. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> gosh, I'm so silly today. What the hell is wrong with me? Robin Ryan says, there's a reason the name is what it is. I'm one quirky bird. That's that's awesome. I also am a quirky bird. I'm probably just an awkward looking ostrich. Um, Robin, oh, I already said that one. Okay, sorry. Lost Adult says being unorthodox is not crazy when the orthodoxy is failing. Ooh! Ooh! Lost Adult mic drop on that one. I like that. Wardier says John Amos and Die Hard 2 says, oh, I'm an asshole. I'm just your kind of asshole. <laughs> John Amos is funny. Yeah. Oh, no. We're not giving him Bob Ross's name. Mm -mm. No, we're not going to do that with George W. Bush. Mm -mm. Nope. George W. Bush needs to be in an orange jumpsuit. 
normal is predictable. The powers that be can't control people who think outside the box. And that's true. The people who always thought outside the box are the ones who end up inspiring many. And, uh, you know, uh, we're grateful for that. Robin Ryan says, Bush's education package, No Child Left Behind, was called a congressional circles uh, nickel bee? I don't know what that is. If you're trying to call it nickel back then, <laughs> well, the shoe fits. Uh, such a legendary legacy of disdain for the comms that that pay them. Sorry, I just took a I just took a swing at Nickelback. I'm sorry, but <laughs> um But yeah. So um as far as uh the stories go, yeah. So Ahmaud Aubrey got a sliver of justice. Real justice would mean Ahmaud Aubrey's still alive. And the United States is no longer king of the universe. I hope this means that capitalism, the fall of capitalism is now accelerated. Oh, wouldn't that be nice? I mean, if what's going on with China meant that the fall of capitalism is being shoved down a hill now. I wonder what this could mean. I would love to, you know, I need to get some perspective of uh, maybe a Marxist economist or something like that. Maybe Dr. Richard Wolf can probably be a good uh, person to talk to about that because it's getting intense and war dear I believe that even Nickelback doesn't eat like Nickelback true uh, okay so I'm basically uh, how do we clear the peeps of the blast zone I don't know. Hmm. Interesting question. I don't know. Um, oh, I forgot. Before I go, because I'm only relegating this uh, to an hour, I would just also like to thank all the coffee supporters. Um, and I usually read them off on a list. And my apologies. Uh, thanks to David Michael, Kush Renata, Socialist Cayman, uh, Rebecca, um, See the Change, and Robin. Thank you all so much for contributing to my coffee. Um, The support definitely does help and goes a long way. Um, If you guys would like to, my coffee is here in the ticker, as you guys see scrolling down here. Um, Also, if you guys please uh, give it a like. Um, also, if you can, I know this is just a lot of stuff. Uh, if you're listening on, if you're listening on the podcast, uh, thank you very much and you guys have a great day and, um, 